Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 34 of the Canberra Football Show. My name is Matt Nicoletti. Joining me today is Michael Georgeski and Steve Forshaw. Michael, it's been a couple of weeks. How you been, mate? How was uh, Queensland? Yeah, it was really good. It was good to uh, get away with the family. Um, but before that, you know, as you know, I've been a bit sick here and there as well. So I'm finally all healed up um, just before I got to leave. Uh, to Queensland so uh, that worked out really well got to go for the week and got back last night so um, yeah back to normality now holiday mode switched off (laughs) for the time being so yeah keen to be back into it and joining us again is Steve Forshaw Steve thanks for joining us again how are you good thanks Matt really good Awesome. Guys, let's get straight into it, shall we? Action-packed week of MPL1 uh, football. Let's start with Canberra Olympic and West Canberra Wanderers. Canberra Olympic winning with a penalty in the 90th minute from Rowan Jones. Uh, So the uh, score was 1-0. Very important victory from Olympic. And uh, what a way to get the three points, like I mentioned. Mm. Gore in the last minutes. Pachella had a very good chance early on for the visitors after striking the crossbar from the outside of the area. Don't side create a few chances though through Chris Ray and Isosa Rehegi. Isosa Rehegi was really, really good this matchup. He was such a threat with his with his pace and his skill and running in behind the West Canberra Wanderers defense. So he they kept uh, the keeper Interlandy pretty busy for the first 45 minutes. Big chance in the second half though for uh, Felder Crawford from Olympic who had his effort cleared off the line and uh, so the score stayed, stayed nil-nil. West Canberra all, almost made a breakthrough though after Thornton smashed the crossbar like Olympia did similar in the first half. And it just when it looked like either side was uh, couldn't make a breakthrough, like we mentioned, Steve Rohan-Jones um, found a Heggie and a Heggie was fouled by Interlandi. And of course, the ref pointed to the spot. This means uh, West Canberra in a little bit of a slump now, though, two, two or three losses in a row. I'll check that while uh, Steve uh, is talking. So, Steve, what do you think about this uh, result? Well, I think I agree with what you said. It was very, very important from an Olympic point of view that they got bounced back from a heavy defeat the week before against Gangarland. I mean, it was a scrappy game that neither team really dominated and one goal was probably always going to win it. And when it came, of course, so late in the game, it was fair complete, game over. But um, it's a great way to win a game, but a very sad way to lose a point because West... Canberra Wanderers would have been thinking that they'd just ended a little bit of a slump by getting a point and then that snatched away with them at the death. Definitely a penalty. It was the right decision. Like you say, a Heggie was a thorn in the side of uh, West Sydney, uh, West, Cam- West Sydney, West Canberra Wanderers all game. Um, Ray had chances in the first half and uh, the Wanderers had their own chances, but neither side could actually put the hand up and said we were robbed or we would deserve to win and in the end it was the penalty that decided it and um congratulations to Robbie Katanak and the Olympic boys because it puts them back in the top four it, it certainly does that's a very important victory for them and I looked it up it is the third uh, loss in a row for West Canberra Wanderers now I believe they're still third though if I'm not mistaken uh, I think Michael, so so they're third on the table sorry yeah, West Canberra. The Third on the table. table. So what did, what did you think about this result, Michael? Uh, yeah, not the form West Canberra will be uh, hoping for. And they went, and let's not forget, before they started losing the uh, this these three in a row, they that was the week before they made it to the top of the table. Sort of, sort of shows how competitive it is at the moment. Yeah, it, it, it 
has always sort of, I think this season's proving to be a topsy-turvy sort of sort of league. Um, there's, you know, teams in and, in and out of form at, at different points, you know, throughout, throughout the season. That's already sort of proven to be the case. And it just so happens that, yeah, West Canberra uh, are in a bit of a slump uh, right now after what has been a very good start um, uh, to the season uh, for them. Um, so um, obviously they're going to be looking to get back uh, in the winners uh, column or at least sort of get a point so that they can build off that. Um, and this would have been sort of a really good game for them to do that um, sort of a nil-nil style, mate. Uh, you know, it's not the most entertaining scoreline, but at least they would have gotten a point um, and then sort of put behind uh, the losses that they had experienced before that. But I think to have three losses in a row now uh, that, that it is, like you mentioned, Matt, um, puts them in a bit of a tough situation. But on the flip side... It's a great win um, for Canberra Olymp- Olympic, like uh, you, you two have mentioned. Um, and Ihegi was um, great for um, Olympic um, up front with his movement. And uh, we know how devastating he can be with sort of the ball at his feet and especially his pace as well. So that definitely caused uh, problems and it paid dividends in the end uh, when, when he won the penalty. And before we uh, move on, Steve, I just looked at the table then. Uh, Olympic were in the top four, but now after Bengalans win, they are in the top four. Um, by one point, by one point, Gagala in the top four. So now you met, uh, you mentioned there how important this is for Olympic. They are now three points off Monaro, who are in seventh, and then eight points now off Tuggeron United. Can you see them mounting a, a top four challenge now that they're only one point outside the top four? Well, it, I mean, it would be naive to suggest they can't. Um... 10 games to go. That's 30 points to play for. If you pick up the majority of those points, you're going to finish in the top four. Um, the problem for Olympic, and I'm sure Robbie Cadenac's all over it, is that they're a little bit inconsistent. They're good performances uh, one week followed by a bit of a thumping. You know, they beat Bill Connor at McKellar, then they turn up against Gangalan and they get beat 4-0, and then they turn around and beat another top four side one nil so they're there or thereabouts already it's a matter of finding a level of consistency and if they can do that there's no reason at all why they shouldn't be challenging for a top four spot towards the end of the season oh and uh michael menzer as well made his debut for west canberra wanderers what do you think about that move um steve well it's not a move that sort of suggests they're looking towards the future they're obviously looking for a very quick return michael's at the um in the twilight of his career, shall we say. Um, so it's not a sort of investment in youth looking towards the future. Um, good goal scorers are hard to come by. Uh, Michael Mincer is a proven goal scorer. He's, you know, he's played at a very high level. And obviously, Yuli sees him as somebody that can help the squad. I didn't think his performance on the weekend was particularly great. Um, but he's just sort of joined the club and you've got to give him a bit of time to sort of settle in. Um, the, the irony of the, the Wanderers' performances is that the five games they've lost this season have all been on synthetic surfaces. You know, four at home, and then they had Hawker on the weekend, and I think they've got Tuggeron at home this weekend. So they'll be a bit nervous about what happens next. But, uh, no, as far as Mintz is concerned, brings a lot of experience. Um, probably doesn't bring the sort of youthful enthusiasm that he might have done a few years ago. And that is an interesting uh, stat you brought up. Russ mentioned that last week as well, and it is uh, a little perplexing to say the to say the least. Yeah. So our next matchup is uh, Gungahlin United 
against Tuggeranong United with uh, Gungahlin getting a 2-1 uh, win. Uh, obviously, how you mentioned uh, before, that win for Gungahlin put them uh, inside uh, the top four after Olympic were temporarily in there uh, after their win. Um, so we had Namoski and Bernabo Madrid on the score sheet uh, for the home side and Richards uh, on the score sheet for the away team. Uh, a, a great win uh, for, for Gungahlin, like I mentioned. It puts them in the top four um, at, at the expense of a Tuggeranong team um, that is still struggling, uh, that, that are still seeking their first uh, win uh, of this 2021 season. Um, so Gungahlin almost, um, they almost took the lead in the first um, six minutes, uh, but a fantastic save from uh, Jacob Wiseman on Bernabo Madrid. Uh, prevented him from finding the back of the net. Um, you know, I thought it was a fantastic save. Um, you know, he was, he was one-on-one, but Jacob came out and made himself look big and, and managed to pull off a fantastic save uh, to prevent him from scoring. So, um, but uh, to go further on uh, from that in the 24th minute, they're on, Gungahlin were unlucky not to take the lead um, after striking the post, but you, but you knew that that pressure that they had put on at the start of that game was soon going to uh, pay off. Uh, and that's what happened uh, when uh, they put together a fantastic move from their own uh, half of the pitch uh, or worked the ball up uh, into the attacking third um, where they cut the ball back uh, in, in the path of Namoski, uh, who was outside the box, and he kind of just rifled it with his left foot into the bottom corner. So it was a great goal uh, to, to give them the lead. Um, and then moving into the in, into the second half obviously that's when Bernabo Madrid made up for that miss uh, that, that he had earlier on in the first half uh, to give Gungahlin uh, a 2-0 advantage um, with a strong finish uh, may I add as well he, we all know how clinical he is in those sort of areas even though he missed that chance in the first half he misses very few opportunities when he, when he's presented them so um, it, he, he got on the score sheet again. Uh, and then Tuggeranong made it interesting with just under 10 minutes to go, obviously, with Richards uh, scoring that that header. Um, so you thought maybe they could um, sneak a point. Um, I actually thought Tuggeranong uh, put in a decent performance uh, in the second half uh, as well, even though, you know, the, the final result obviously ends up with them leaving the game with nothing. Um, you know, like I mentioned at the top, it's 11 games now where they're winless uh, this season and just sort of poses a few, obviously a, a few concerns uh, around sort of the club and uh, how they sort of get out of this um, rut. We mentioned the little rut that um, West Canberra is in at the moment, but Tuggeranong is in a bigger one. If they w- really want to start turning things around, they, they need to start putting um, some points on the board. Uh, Steve, what did you make uh, of this result uh, between Gungahlin and uh, Tuggeranong? Well, I'd, once again, obviously a good result for the victors. Um, Gungahlin get into the top four, squeak into the top four, which, you know, we've sort of come become used to over the last few seasons with Gungahlin threatening top four, top two even. Um, so a good result for Gungahlin. Once again, Tuggeranong have shown that they're very difficult to beat. They're very resilient. They're just struggling to pick up those three points. I mean, they went on that long run of uh, draws where they were picking up points in six games in, on the trot. But, you know, you've got to turn some of those tight results into three points. Otherwise, they're going to find themselves mired in a relegation battle that they really do need to avoid. Um, 
some, you know, there was some, a lot of talking points in that game. Um, the the winning goal was scored by Bernabo Madrid. He'd actually, he committed a foul, a really bad foul, escaped the yellow card. Then later on, yeah. <coughs> excuse me, got a yellow card. So he might not have even been on the park to score that winner had um, the referee made other decisions. Um, and of course, with the injury to Josh Laguda, the game was sort of abandoned with a few minutes to go. So, so Tuggeranong, um, although they probably didn't do enough to, to win the game, might be a little aggrieved that they've not got at least a point out of it. Like I said, they were competitive throughout the match, um, but they're just struggling to actually put teams away. Um, you know, I've said on Bar TV and uh, Russ has said it, and I'm sure you guys have as well, that they're just struggling to find somebody that will get on that 10 to 15 goals a season. And they're really paying the price for that at the moment. I hope they can turn it around because they're a good club, good, strong club, good junior base. And they do play some attractive football between the two penalty areas. They're just not finishing games off at the moment. But congratulations to Gungarland. Um They've sort of been up and down this season, but they've managed to get themselves in the top four, and you can see them being very hard to shake now, now that they're in it. Absolutely. Matt, any thoughts on on this one before we move on? Yeah, it's another great win for Gungahlin United. I mentioned last week on the show how they feel... And I I chatted to Chris Kajana that you can see up on the Facebook page, middle of the week. He said, he said they finally feel like they're starting to put together the results that match their performances and more importantly for them, putting on more consistent performances. And what we mean by that is from the first to the 90th minute, because like we mentioned on the show, they've been putting a really good second half or a really good first half. They haven't been able to put it together. Now it's a couple of weeks now, two wins in a row. They've put it together. They're in the top four. And I think what's important for them is they've still got a match in hand with the Tigers. So they're one point um, at the moment off West Canberra Wanderers. If they are able to get a win against Tigers in the catch-up match, or even if they get a draw, they'll be in third place. So they'll fancy their chances. And like Steve mentioned, it's been a sort of an up and down season for them in terms of their consistency, but their quality is always shown. And like we've mentioned several times, Bernabeu Madrid, the guy only seems to score really, really good goals. Uh, It's very rare when he scores a, when he just scores an average one. So, and he was on fire last week, like we mentioned with a hat trick, he scored again now. He's, he's just in a really good moment. They've got a, really, a lot of really good youth there, so that's really good for them. Yeah, like you mentioned, unfortunately for Tuggeranong, it's not uh, great at the moment, but maybe they might fancy their chances against the West Canberra Wanderers side this uh, weekend, who, like Steve mentioned, haven't all, all, you know, all five of their losses have come on synthetic. Four of them have come at home, so now West Canberra playing at home again, and they've lost three in a row at the moment. So maybe Tuggeranong United go into this matchup this weekend with... Um, a little bit of uh, a little bit of a different mindset in that regard. So next one we have Canberra Croatia against Monaro Panthers. Seb Woods with the goal for Monaro Panthers in the 22nd minute. Emilio Kisha with the penalty in the 29th minute, and Pilkington with the with uh, the final goal in the 49th minute. Canberra Croatia maintain their position on top of the table with this victory against Monaro Panthers. And uh, Monaro opened the scoring, as we mentioned, um, through Seb Woods. He just used his pace there and he was able to effectively put it past Sam Brown and into the second half. Oh, sorry, I missed a goal there. Uh, Yeah, so Woods would have scored a double a couple of minutes later, but 
Sam Brown, he's proved to be one of the best keepers in the league. Denied him, uh, denied him of that. And into the second half, uh, Pilkington gave the host the lead with a towering header um, from the corner. And of course, Emilio, Emilio Kishter with the penalty. Uh, I guess the big talking point from the game, though, I know it was a bit fiery. We're not going to mention the incidents that happened after the red card. But Steve, I wanted to ask you about the red card for TJ. Thomas James, of course, making his big return. And four minutes into it, he got a red card for what seemed like a stomp on Jenkins. And of course, he's coming off the 13 or 14 match suspension that he got when he was at the Wollongong Wolves. So what did you make of that challenge? What did you make of, yeah, the red card in general? And uh, from your experience, uh, what would, you know, what would that, uh, what would that mean in terms of uh, suspension for the red card? Like how long roughly would you, uh, would you estimate? Yeah, look, it's um, obviously an incident that um, had, if it's been done maliciously, that TJ will regret. Uh, as you mentioned, he's coming off a very lengthy suspension for an act of violence in a game. Um, he's come back to Canberra. There's been a lot of expectation on his shoulders. And I think, <coughs> excuse me, as soon, when he came on, Monero were well aware of his reputation and were quite prepared to sort of get in his face a little bit. But after four minutes, um, he's been deemed to have stomped on a player and has been sent off. Now, in my experience, if that is the case, it's uh, and it's violent conduct that he's been charged with, if proven guilty, he could get up to a minimum of six weeks. He could even go for longer than that. And it may well be that his time at uh, Canberra, Croatia this season is limited to that four-minute exposure that we saw on the weekend. Um, if it's if it shows that it's accidental, that he didn't mean it, then I think you're looking probably at a couple of weeks, two to three weeks. Um, but he's going to have to make a very strong case. And I'm sure the video evidence will support whichever way it goes. And Capital Football, obviously, will be very keen to ensure that the correct decision and the correct sanction is applied. And what did you think about uh, this match, Michael? Uh, like we mentioned, keeps Canberra Crash at the top of the table. And for Monaro, they got a good win last, uh, last week. But now... Now this uh, leaves them still five points off Tagorong, though, but it a, a victory for them now would have put them in a in good stead to try and make the top four. Uh, granted, yeah. they still can. There's a long way to go in the season, but it would have uh, made, helped their case. It definitely would have helped uh, their case, Matt, um, if, if they were able to get uh, the three points uh, in, in this match because obviously uh, this result leaves them second last. Uh, in the table, but then again, when you look at the table and the points that sort of separate the teams, bar maybe sort of Tigernom, who are yet to reach double digits in points uh, this season, um, there's not much separating the teams at all. So, I mean, you look at the results and one, two games can change the complexion and 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 the table uh, positions are for, for clubs uh, depending on results. So, um, I mean, uh, it, it, there's no real... Uh, cause of concern. Like you said, there are still matches, uh, a lot of matches to be played uh, and points uh, to be picked up. So um, it, it, whilst it's disappointing for Monero, uh, like, like I said, it's not, it's not the end of the world. Uh, they, they'll have time uh, to um, get back in the winner's column and, and, and build their case for a top four uh, finish. Um, but for Canberra Croatia, um, you know, they, they extend their lead at the top of the table. Like you said, Matt, um, 
And um, obviously it just gives them that little bit of breathing room as well with Tigers um, sort of breathing down their neck as well. They've sort of come into a bit of form. Uh, Tigers uh, as well that we'll get into uh, shortly uh, with their encounter with Belconnen. Um But uh, I think... I think we've all sort of just uh, touched on the main uh, aspects uh, of this contest. Uh, anyway, um, I know it was disappointing. Well, the red card was uh, disappointing, but we'll see what uh, happens from that. Um, to look at it at a different perspective, you know, it was exciting to see um, sort of TJ make his return uh, to Canberra, Croatia, because we know just how good um, he is as a player and how um, good he was at Canberra Croatia before he, um, you know, embarked on a further journey, at, journey football journey, sorry, outside of Canberra. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens uh, with that. We won't obviously get into it too much, but um, I think with or without him, they still have a lot of talent, Canberra Croatia. And I think, you know, that they, they were able to get into the position that they're in at the moment uh, without him there. Um, obviously adding him to the squad just, um, you know, adds more experience and flair and his goal scoring ability is really unmatched um, with the other players that, that are in the league at the moment, but um, we'll, we'll just see what happens um, following, following that, but a great win for Canberra Croatia. They'll be uh, delighted with that. And, and for those who haven't been like keeping up too much this season, they would say, oh, okay, um, TJ is out now, uh, out now for a couple of weeks at the least. Um, you know, what does that you know, mean for the squad? But uh, I guess the good thing for um, for the coach, Ugrinich, at the moment, Steve, is there. I know um, Kalfas was out this week with a bit of an ankle, at least ankle swelled up during the West Canberra game. But when he comes back, that's quite a lot of depth up front and a lot of people that can do a lot of things for them up front in those areas. So how, as a coach yourself, how... Happy would Ugrinich be with the depth he has at his disposal? Well, it's one of those pleasant sort of headaches yeah. that coaches just look. Yeah. And, you know, you'd rather have too many than not enough, that's for sure. But even yeah. before the signings of Tineski and Thomas James, they had a powerful looking front three. Yeah. Um, and they've added quality to that. Um, they're a side that has got quality in every line. They can find goals, as you saw on the weekend, through. People like Pilkington, Gerbisher always weighs in with his two or three goals a season. So it's not just that they rely on a combative and competitive front three. Um, they get goals from elsewhere, but that is a frightening prospect. Um, and I've got to say that I thought Tineski had his best game for Canberra Croatia since his return on the weekend. He was busy. He worked hard. His distribution was good. He got into good spots. Um, and he seems to have... Or the, the inclusion of Tineski and uh, TJ seems to be bringing out the best in the likes of Barach, Ugrinic, uh, and the other guys that have been playing up front as well. So um, you saw against uh, West Canberra Wanderers how yeah. well Calfas played. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was fantastic. So, you know, if you, if you are Dean Ugrinic, you're actually delighted to have that sort of problem. Um, in some ways, and I guess I'm a little bit sort of having to bob each way here, uh, this, if TJ gets suspended, it makes it easier for him to pick his starting eleven. He doesn't have to worry about who to leave out out of that sort of uh, really good top five. Um, but nonetheless, uh, I'd rather be in Dean's shoes than say Frank Cage's because 
Frank Casia loses quite a few players through suspension this weekend um, with yellow cards. Uh, I think Ulrich is out. Rose Macken might be out. Tommy McLaughlin off his knee. He got sent off as well in the same game. He was the first of the two red cards in that game. So, you know, Frank Kasia <coughs> is the other end of the spectrum in terms of player availability. So, yeah, Dean will be very, very happy that he's got that quality at his disposal. Michael, what is the uh, last matchup we have in MPL one Yeah, so we had Tigers uh, get a 1-0 win over Belconnen. Uh, United, uh, Timotheo uh, scoring in the 44th minute. So obviously they continue their impressive form of late that we kind of briefly touched on uh, before uh, their second uh, placed in the uh, in the table. Um, obviously breathing down Canberra Croatia's next, sort of keeping that gap relatively uh, close. Um, and I believe that they actually, uh, Tigers have a game in hand. They're four points behind at the moment, but they do have a game in hand. So they can actually close that uh, to, to one point uh, when they do play that makeup game it looks like against Gongolan because they're the only other team that's played 10 games. Yep. That's um, so uh, in this one, not many uh, chances were created by either side in the first 45 minutes, uh, but uh, that was broken obviously just before the halftime interval when uh, Timotho found himself in a bit of space inside uh, in the box and uh, he coolly uh, dispatched uh, the ball into the bottom corner, um, which ultimately proved to be uh, the difference maker in this uh in this contest, uh, Nick Popovich, uh, the Tigers FC forward, uh, he, he had an effort uh, saved one-on-one by uh, Thurtell. Um, that ensured Tigers wouldn't obviously double their advantage and it kept Belconnen, uh in, in the game, but they just weren't able to create too many clear-cut uh, chances for themselves. So uh, in the end, it's, a, it's an important win for, for Tigers FC in their quest to sort of, you know, like I said, close that gap on Canberra-Croatia or, you know, potentially even... Uh, go above them because there are still so many games left. There's 10 games left and uh, there's plenty of time for them to do that. Uh, So uh, a a good win for them at home as well. Um, Steve, what what did you make of this uh, result uh, for Tigers? Obviously they closed the gap on uh, Canberra, Croatia at a tight tight 1-0 win uh, as well, but you take three points uh, however way you can. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, it was a game played under difficult conditions. We know everybody knows that the pitch at Nijong's not the greatest. Yeah. It was a bit breezy as well, and as it can get down there at uh, Kuma. Um, but it was a game where, for long periods, the Tigers were dominant. And in the first half, in particular, I thought Thurtell kept Belconnen in the game. In the second half, it was a little bit more even. Um, Popovich had a great chance, as you mentioned, one on one where he could have doubled the lead. But Luca Flores, and in the one real moment of quality in the second half that I saw, Bell Conan worked a really neat piece of combination and they were able to release Flores into the box and he mishit his one-on-one finish. And that, you know, might have given Bell Conan a point out of that game. Um, and they're in a bit of a slump as well, Bell Conan. They've dropped out of the top four now. They haven't yeah. won since... Um, they beat Croatia a few weeks ago. And, you know, if you took a snapshot of the season in the last four games, they've actually only got one more point than Tuggeron. So in in terms of current form, if you like, Belconnen are just struggling a little bit and they've got a big game next weekend against Canberra-Croatia. So 
they need to sort of turn things around as well if they hope to be in the top four at the end of the season. But by and large, it was 1-0. Could have been more. And with a little bit of luck, it could have been a, a draw. And Graham Bell Connor might have got out of it. But I think Tigers were deserving winners overall. Yeah, you mentioned there with Belcon. I have a one since Canberra Croatia, which is interesting. We mentioned it when I think when Steve was on a couple of weeks ago, where we said you'd think we a lot of people thought that was going to sort of propel Belcon and push them a little further after getting that really good win against Canberra Croatia. But it hasn't been the case since. They've gotten a couple of draws since and haven't gotten a victory. So I guess for them, I mean, besides this matchup, they have had an issue with putting away their uh, putting away their chances. Have created quite a few chances over the last, you know four or so matches and they just haven't been able to put them away. So, you know, looking at the table now, they're in sixth place. I haven't, I don't think they've been there, you know, they haven't been there for a while. And while they're only two points, two or three points off the top four, it won't take them a lot to get in there. But like we mentioned, momentum, especially in a league like this is everything. So for them, unfortunately, it's not going well for them so far, but Tigers uh, so far, they're just, they're just pumping out the victories. Like you mentioned, there's a game in hand if they can beat Gangalan, one point between them and um, Croatia. So for me, it's going to be interesting to see Interesting to see if Tigers and Canberra-Croatia break away because if they do, we all know that in this, tra- in this uh, transfer window that only lasts another two more days, I believe, um, they've added a lot more depth and a lot more... Um, they've added a lot of depth and a lot of quality and their depth... And Canberra Croatia's depth now sort of outweighs everyone else's. So it'll be interesting to see if they break away or not. Um, but I guess we'll wait and see. That's the uh, that's the glory of this season so far. Round 12, uh, we've got, uh, first up, we've got West Canberra Wanderers against uh, Toganong United Saturday, uh, 3rd of July, quarter past one at Melrose uh, Synthetic. Um, I think given sort of West Canberra's form over the last few weeks uh, with a boss sort of three straight. Uh, Tuggeranong United, obviously, in a slump as well. Uh, both sides, obviously, eager uh, to, to, get a, to get a win. Um, I, I'm actually going to go for a draw uh, in this one. I completely uh, agree. To me, this one reads as a draw. Uh, like, like we've mentioned in all the previews, yeah, this, this reads as a draw to me. And if they do, this will be the most draws Tuggeranong United have had in a season as well because uh-huh. yeah <laughs> when russ mentioned it was six in a row was a record for them in terms of in a row it was also a record for the most they've drawn in a season so if they do get another draw this season uh then that will be a record for them in that regard i'm going to go with the draw for a draw with this one how about you steve yeah look i, I mean, it's just a must win for tabernon they, they can't afford yep. to drop any more points and um, on that basis, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt that they might just be able to get this one over the line. But you know, it, it reads like a draw. My head says a draw, but my heart's actually going to say, come on, Tuggies, get over the line, get yourself three points. Uh, next, we have uh, Belconnen United uh, against Canberra Croatia. Uh, what is a cracking uh, matchup at McKellar Park uh, this Saturday at, at 3 p.m.? Um, I think given sort of Belconnen's struggles uh, of late, uh, I, I can definitely see them um, sort of building and finding on a on a motivation to to get a W, especially against a, a Canberra Croatia uh, team and what this uh, fixture has meant, uh, you know, uh, for for a while now in Canberra football. But um, I'm I'm going to 
uh, say Canberra Croatia gets uh, the the victory here. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to go with the Canberra Croatia victory here. But wouldn't that be poetic if uh, Belconnen's first victory um, in a while comes against the team they got their last victory against in uh, Canberra Croatia? And they always step up for the for these matches. Uh, let's not forget that FA Cup match they had as well was a cracker, and it took it took them to extra time until Canberra Croatia won that one. So it seems like Belconnen United step up for these matches. So I was thinking about saying a draw for this one is a bit of an upset, but I'm, I'm I but. After you know commentating Canberra Croatia a couple of weeks ago and seeing them play over the over the recent weeks, I'm gonna go with them in a slight victory. I don't think this will be a a big margin by any means. Uh, how about you, Steve? I don't. I think I agree with you both. I think Canberra Croatia are in too good a form and they'll deal with Del Connor. I don't think it'll be a, a blowout sort of fixture. Yeah. I don't think they'll you know smack them three or four, but I do think they'll get the three points and. At some stage, they'll look like they're going to be comfortable, but Bill Conan are resilient, and the last 20 minutes might just decide it. But I think Canberra, Croatia are favourites in this, and they will win the game. Uh, next, we have Canberra Olympic at home to Tigers FC uh, this Saturday uh, uh, at O'Connor uh, enclosed, 3pm. I'm uh, similar, similar thoughts to... Uh, the the previous match that we all just discussed, I'm just inclined to go with the team that's in form. And Tigers FC are one of the informed teams uh, at the moment in the competition. Uh, even though Canberra Olympic managed to get that um, late win against West Canberra, uh, which will definitely give them a lot of confidence. They needed that victory, but I'm going to go for Tigers FC in this one. Matt? I'm going to go Tigers as well. The interesting for me in this matchup will be who's sort of going to take the, the front foot. Uh, we all know can, uh, Tigers like to play on the counter because they have so much speed and uh, so do Olympic as well. So these are two of the quicker teams in the comp in that regard in terms of breaking their opponents. So for me, it, it's going to be interesting to see who sort of takes that front foot. And let's not forget the last time this match was played though, it was moved in on the in the last couple of days to the AS synthetic and Olympic hasn't had too much success on the synthetic. They've uh, had a few blowout uh, defeats on that surface, so they won't have to worry about that now. They're at home, so let's see what happens. Um, I think this is going to be a very close one, though. I'm going to go with the Tigers' victory. You, Steve? Yeah, I, again, I can't see any other result except the Tigers win. So um, the way the season's gone, all three of us have gone Canberra, Croatia, and. Tigers, and it's just setting us up for a bit of an embarrassment, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah. look, I've got to go Tigers. They, they're in good form. Olympic, a little bit inconsistent, a little bit inexperienced. Tigers, um, in a close one. In a close one. Yeah. And lastly, we've got uh, Monero Panthers uh, at home to Gungahlin United, uh, also Saturday, 3rd, um, 3rd of July at Riverside Stadium. Um, I think this, uh, I'm going to go for Gunga and United uh, in this one. Um, and, and I think what, what you talked about earlier, Steve, about sort of the, um, you know, suspensions that Monero have in terms of like the yellow cards and um, the absences yeah. that they're going to, that they're going to have are definitely going to, uh, definitely going to hurt them uh, in this one. So I think based on, Based on that, and you know, Gungalan, um, you know, getting getting into the top four uh, and really looking to uh, further cement their season, um, I'm going to go for Gungalan. Matt, yeah, the the injuries are going to be a bit of a blow. You know, like 
you mentioned there that McLaughlin's going to be out. And if Ross Barkin is out, like um, Steve said as well, that's two of your main midfielders not there. So, and they do do a lot of work for the team, as we've mentioned in the past few podcasts. So, uh, and let's not forget, Gungalan have been in pretty good form recently. They're, they're finding that consistency. And they're going to be raring to go because let's not forget that Monaro Panthers did beat um, Gungahlin United in a pretty competitive matchup uh, in this round in the previous uh, in the previous fixtures this season. How about you, Steve? I, I think this is the hardest one to pick of all four. Yeah. Um, you know, you're looking at a Monero side that were only just beaten by Canberra Croatia, and we've been talking in glowing terms about how well Canberra Croatia are going. And if Monero could actually reproduce that sort of performance, then you would give them a chance. I do think they'll be affected by the suspensions. They may get people like the Haptomerian brothers back. I'm not sure what the injury situation is with those guys. Um, And that will help in terms of the absences we've talked about. Um, Kofi Danning obviously came off the bench on the weekend. So you would expect that maybe he would be in the starting 11. So it does give that they do have some depth to rely on. Um, look, I'm going to go, I'm going to go for a draw. I'm going to, I just think this is a really hard one. Um, Gungarland in good form, Bernabo Madrid on fire. You know, they could quite easily run away with this one, but I'm just thinking Monero backs against the wall. Might just put in a performance to get something out of this. So I'm going for a draw. All right, that's uh, our MPL one segment uh, done and dusted. Steve, thank you very, thank you very much for joining us and uh, giving us your insight. Thank you. See you guys. Ta-da. Thanks, Steve. Bye. Bye bye. All right, now we are back with MPLW. Joining us again is Maddie Moore. Maddie, how's it how's it going today? Um, you've uh, regrouped from a uh, commentary with me on the weekend, where I make you do uh, a lot more talking than uh, Jeremy and Russ does. <laughs> yeah, uh, thanks for having me back, boys. Yeah, no, it's good, mate. I always enjoy a good chat with the uh, Matt Attack. It's it's good, mate. And uh, I think we bring a uh, unique flavour to the game. We certainly that? do. It's more of a it's more of a, it's more of a conversation, as I keep as I keep telling Russ and uh, Jeremy. I enjoy doing the commentary, but for me, I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not your typical lead commentator. I prefer just have a have a combo. So um, it's always, it's always different, regardless. All right, so let's 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 talk about that match uh, straight away, shall we? It was. Uh, one hell of a matchup, wasn't it, uh, Maddie, over there at the AIS Synthetic? A bit of a later kickoff time due to the um, due to all the matches being moved onto the Synthetic. We actually didn't mention that too much in an MPL one, but all the matches were moved to Synthetic by the Deacon one, of course. So Belconi United, of course, grabbed the winner in stoppage time through who other than their skipper, Michaela Thornton. Belconnen will be extremely happy with these three points as it keeps them in touch with Canberra, Croatia. Of course, they're still behind on goal difference. So new signing Tiana Jaber played for the second half of the matchup. She looked uh, very good and she's one of the best defenders in the league. So that's a fantastic pickup for Belconnen United. Sarah Johnston was uh, immense in this matchup. Her, she had the, the task of, uh, seemingly had the task anyway, of marking Michelle Heyman during the matchup. Like we mentioned, Michelle Heyman, this was her first start for Gungahlin United. What an impact she had scoring a brace, putting her side ahead with her first goal and then putting them level when she scored again. Um, this also, this match also had Gungahlin having a much uh, more effective defensive performance despite the scoreline. Maddie and I mentioned it through the matchup, how much they've improved defensively. Uh, over the last couple of uh, weeks, they have a new sort of intensity about them. That could be Michelle Heyman just 
you know, uh, bringing the, uh, you know, so with all that leadership sort of bringing that, uh, that confidence back to a team that um, is used to being near the top of the table, not in sixth place like they are now. But of course that loss drops them down to sixth place since West Canberra won. So Maddie, a lot to unpack in this one. What'd you think about it? Yeah, it was pretty, pretty epic in terms of the game and, and the fallout from it as well. I mean, Gungarland, they looked the best that they've looked all year in that first sort of 20 minute patch. So had a really aggressive high press and, and really took the game to to Bill Connor and Bill Connor looked all kinds of out of like are all out of sorts and, and a lot of that was to do with the pressure and it at times it was one of those situations where uh Gungarland just looked like they had more players on the field. And, and I think we mentioned it in commentary a couple of times early on Matt, that, that that intensity and that desire to get in win the ball from Gungarland was was certainly more significant than Bill Connor in in that first period and and that showed and and I think look the addition of Michelle Hamer makes a, makes a world of difference to to any team in terms of a goal-scoring threat. But it certainly looked like what it allowed them to do as well from, from a gunner's point of view is it allowed them to settle in other areas of the of the pitch. So Elka Atulu in particular, in particular was no longer sitting in a nine role. She was back controlling the play in midfield and looked really comfortable there and, and probably gave the two DeMarco sisters a little bit more more freedom and it also allowed Pennyfield to to go back out wide and, and although she wasn't super effective in the first half just having her there um because a different threat and a, di- and, a, and a different presence and um yeah look Diego would have been really happy with the with the start obviously they went they went one nil up and and you mentioned Sarah Johnson I mean she was all over the place you know um in terms of everywhere Michelle was um so was she and and the one time she got half a break from, from Johnson, that was the one time she was able to get that little outside the foot finish and, and put them up. And uh, probably a really good test for Belconnen, given what they're given what they've got coming up um, next week in particular. But it all kind of flipped on its head at the start of the second half. Like what we saw from Gungarlan in terms of that aggressive press was now Belconnen. Um, and they were they were really taking it to it and uh, taking it to them. And, and Michaela Day was was a real driving force behind that. She seemed to sort of almost hold um, in a, in a deeper midfield role in that first half. And then come the second half, it was almost like she was let off the chain, and um, she just went absolutely ballistic and and really led that front line. And you know, given the fact that you know Esposito wasn't in goals, they had Karen Clark filling in in goals. Um, it was an interesting sort of set up as to how that that would go and and you mentioned Jay Bar she she looked like she'd been there all year the second she walked on the pitch and you know Riley Ewan came off at half time who you know I think she spent a bit of time in um junior Matilda's identification camp earlier in the week so that might have been part of the reason for for her halftime rest and and Vanessa Ryan going back into um back into a striker role where which did quite well other than the the couple of minutes she seemed to have a bit of a nap after she got fouled. She didn't, she didn't get up in a hurry. But other than that, she was she was quite effective. And with J Bar behind her, it looked it looked very very solid. And and again, I mean, I think the last time I was on with you guys, I, I mentioned how important Michaela Thornton was, and um, she she proved it again. I mean, two goals. She she pulled it out at, at one point. I think I made the comment when Dungar, uh, sorry, when Bill Connor were on the attack, they had a corner, and they were two one up. And I thought if they went to three one, that was it. it was done and dusted and just as we were talking about or I was talking about Michelle Heyman maybe dropping into midfield um she made me look like an absolute idiot and she takes a great touch and, and buries it in the in the top left hand corner 
Um, and, you know, then they almost go ahead from Pennyfield straight after that with a, with a good cross. And then, you know, Michaela Thornton, you know, left foot straight over the top there of, of Tonini. And, uh, I mean, what can you say? I mean, the, the roar from the, from the Belcon and bench, uh, as much as anything else, told, told the story there and how absolutely vital that, that game was for that team. And, and on the flip side for, for the Gunners, I mean, it's another game where they've come so close to, to picking up points and, and haven't been able to do it. I mean, you, you think back to the Woden Western game where they lost right at the end um, a couple of weeks ago against Canberra Olympic where Atulu had that chance to pinch a draw um, and then they got themselves into a drawing position, almost a winning position, and, they, and they've lost again. You know, that's nine points gone where they could have had, you know, points and everything. And, and as much as their effort improved this week, um, starting to get to crunch time for them where they've got to start converting into some points or, or six spots going to be the regular spot for them. Um, and they're going to miss finals because I think they've got a couple of players, Elka Atulu in particular, who uh, isn't going to see out the year. She's off to the US for, for college and things like that. So that's going to leave a massive hole um, for them. So it's vital in this sort of next little period, especially when they come up against the, uh, you know, the next time they come up against the Olympics and the, and the West Cameras and the, and the academies as well, they're going to need to, to pinch those, those three points. Um, otherwise, come the end of the year, I think they're going to be on the outside looking in. The next couple of weeks are going to be uh, vital for Gungahlin United. Like I mentioned, they'll be disappointed that they didn't get at least a draw from this one for that reason. Um, but before we move on, with Tiana Jaber coming in, and she's obviously known for being a defender and a fullback, but we saw, like you mentioned, Vanessa Ryan was pushed up front. And I know she's mostly bit uh, earlier, like uh, probably a couple of years ago, she was a mostly a forward player. But last year we saw her play. She played forward a little bit last year, but mostly she played fullback and mostly the start of this year as a fullback as well. So do you think that is, I know it gives uh, Mikey Zakowski a few more options, but the, do you think that's where Vanessa Ryan's going to play further up forward now with Tiana Jaber on the left? Or do you see foresee another sort of um, positioning for, for these two players? Yeah, I think I, I think the longer Jabar's there, so probably in, a, in the next two weeks, she'll settle into that wide defensive role and she'll she'll make that her own. You said it before, Matt, she's one of the better defenders in the competition, so she's not going to spend you know a, a lot of time sitting on the on the bench. Um, and yeah, it does give Sukoski some really good options with you know Riley, you uh, and uh, Nina Zarevich, and and now um, Vanessa Ryan being able to push up front. It might be a little bit of a, um, uh, I guess, game management from his point of view. He might, he might do a bit of a horses for courses policy and see how players that are, uh, are feeling. What it does give him is the ability to rest somebody with with a tweak. You know, if Jabar picks up a knock, Tamaro picks up a knock, Carnegie, whoever it may be, he's got that flexibility to to adjust. And um, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see. I, I I'd probably I, I get the feeling that. That's where Ryan's headed now. She, she's headed back up the park for, for a period of time. And um, it probably gives them, you know, I was going to say, you know, a bit more experience, but at 22, she, you know, she's still a baby. Um, but with her and Bobbin on either side from a from a speed point of view, with Bomford holding that that number nine spot or, or potentially even uh, Backhouse pinch hitting up in that nine spot, that's a really scary uh, front three from a, from a pace point of view. So 
yeah, I think think Ryan's headed back up front and it'll be up to her with a, with a lot of players behind her to uh, hold that spot as well. The next matchup uh, was uh, Wagga City uh, Wanderers just falling short uh, to, to West Canberra Wanderers who got a 1-0 win uh, with uh, uh, O'Callaghan uh, scoring in the 35th minute. Uh, obviously another good win uh, for, for West Canberra. Uh, the victory actually puts them uh, into the top four um, above uh, Olympic uh, by goal difference and, and two points uh, off uh, the Canberra United Academy. Uh, so a great win for them. Uh, they now uh, find themselves in a, in a different place uh, with um, player uh, coach Emma St- uh, Stanbury and Tiana Jaber obviously leaving the club. Um, technical director uh, Ray Castro has obviously just stepped in there uh, to take charge of the team until the end of the season. Um, uh, on the flip side, though, uh, it was an improved uh, defensive performance from Wagga City Wanderers. Uh, they're a young side that has, you know, amassed quite a few injuries um, and, and, and they've been on the lookout for players. Um, you know, and that, it seems that Sam has has gained some new players in, in that window, which is obviously great to see. We, we, we love to see that. Um, but nevertheless, a, a good win for West Canberra Wanderers, uh, given the sort of change that they've, that they've had uh, in the coaching uh, department. Um, Maddie, uh, what, what were your thoughts uh, on this contest? Yeah, I mean, my first thought was I felt August City were maybe a little bit unlucky, to, to be honest. Their, their performance was, was quite good, and, and especially early on in that first 15 minutes, they, they played some really interesting sort of early diagonal balls that, that almost managed to, to split the two centre-backs and, and really positive uh, for... for uh, Wagga City and and Sam there, um, you know, one one sort of laps at the back there, and you know, sort of just after the half hour mark, and you know, it was possibly not the the most well hit shot, and the and the keeper just slightly getting her angles uh, wrong, and she'll be disappointed with that. But the fact that they were then able to, I guess, regroup and go um, and and lock that down for for an, a one nil loss is is really positive because we've seen in the past that. Wagga were conceding goals in groups. They'd be able to hold people out for a, for a sustained period of time and then they'd concede three or four within 10 or 15 minutes. So so the fact that they've been able to concede one and, and reset from a mental point of view and go again and, and still create their own chances and their own opportunities, I think will be really pleasing for, for Sam and the crew and, and it'll give them something to to build off there. And Again, with with the addition of some new players, uh, that'll probably take them a couple of weeks for everybody to settle in and and get used to the you know the the game plan and the and the expectations and and they might they might just uh, still surprise in in the back end of this half and, and pick up back into the half of the season and, and still pick up a few points here and there. But um, you know nothing but a positive for for Wagga, you know obviously other than the points and and West Canberra, um, yeah look. They're sort of one of those performances where, yeah, we mentioned Jabar's gone to Belcon and Stanbury's not there. That gives the opportunity for for that unit to, I guess, bond a little bit more and come together that to to prove them they're they're more than those two parts because there's been a lot of praise heaped on um, Emma Stanbury and quite rightly so she did she did a really good job while she was there and Jabar as well and and we saw the impact um, of Jabar not being there when she was suspended and. Uh, you know, with her walking away, there probably would have been um, a lot of questions asked about their ability to, to kick on this season and especially when they were in top four contention, which is not somewhere I thought they'd be. 
at the start of the year, but they were really able to, you know, batten down the hatches, us against the world kind of mentality and, and produce a, a really positive result. The, the question now for, for Ray Castro in that group is, you know, that's probably not sustainable. So that's a really good one off and, they, and they've got that through there. But what does Ray Castro do now? Does he change the philosophy a lot? Does he, does he stay with what Stanbury had before? Is it just about keeping the players, I guess, mentally refreshed as, as they continue on, on what is a really, really good run? So they'll be a really interesting team to, to watch in probably the next three to four weeks. Um, because they you know they've snuck into that top four now on goal difference, and um, you know in four weeks' time they could be like rock solid in there, or they could be in a gungal and, and a couple of places out, and, and that'll be all, all all to do with how uh, Ray Castro sort of keeps that group together and, and his expectations and, he, and his tactical aspects there. So yeah, really really fascinating little subplots uh, for that one. Uh, the next matchup is Canberra Croatia one, Canberra Olympic nil, Palombi with the goal. Uh, before we get into a big congratulations to Alice Churchill, who broke a massive milestone this yeah. weekend with her 200th MPLW appearance. And once again for Canberra Croatia, it's a very big victory as Belconnen got the victory the night before. So they needed a victory to stay on top of them uh, via goal difference. And on the Olympic end, though, they'll be uh, disappointed they weren't able to get a result, of course, uh, playing their um, rivals, Canberra Croatia. But on the other hand, like we mentioned last week and the week before, their defensive performances in these big matches have um, have have proved, and just their general performances in these big matches. Uh, we saw uh, the matches, two matches at the start of the year, where they were sort of blowout, two blowout results against Canberra Olympic, but now they've uh, really put in two, you know, solid performances against Belconnen and against Canberra Croatia. So. It's it's only you know I think it's going to be a matter of time before you see this Olympic side maybe you know sneaking a point off one of the uh, the top two by the season's end if they're if if the side's completely gelled by then uh, so let's see how it goes but unfortunately for them of course this loss does mean that they fall out of the top four but only by goal difference uh, behind West Canberra so what did you think uh, did you think of this one Matty Yeah it's a good game and just. You know, echo your congratulations to Alice Churchill. Two hundred games is phenomenal uh, effort, especially when you know we they haven't always played the longest season. So, so full credit to to her and still a top quality player. And yeah, look, this game was interesting. It was a bit scrappy early on, and, and Canberra Croatia looked a little bit sluggish off the off the mark. I don't know if they had like two hundred uh, game cake before the match or something, but they just they just didn't quite. I didn't quite hit the ground running like like I would have expected, and and the but Canberra Olympics uh, defensive structures were were solid again as you mentioned, Matt, and they are becoming harder and harder to break down. And um, Renee Juner again for me was was brilliant on that right hand side, um, and not just defensively. There's it was there was a number of times there where she created that overload in the right hand side and put some really decent um, crosses in. Um, and, and it just seems to be if it's not Grace Gill, it, it, it's Palombi who's putting the ball in the in the back of the net um, every week, and it, it just speaks to that that depth. You know, they they lost um, Jordi Oido who who went to Olympic, but that, that hasn't really affected him in any way, shape, or form. And uh, Jenny Bissett really looks like she's found her feet. There's been quite a few times in in that game yesterday where 
people really stood off her and gave her a lot of time to to play balls in behind. And um, it was one of a it was quite a controlled performance from Canberra Croatia where they didn't necessarily look to hit the space in behind, probably because it's a Melrose and it's not not quite as uh, as big as they're used to it down at Deakin Stadium. But um, there's still a couple of shining lights there for for Canberra Olympic. You know, it wasn't. It wasn't just the Ash Sykes show yesterday, which I think is going to be really pleasing for, for Nick Begg and the crew. Tiana Miro seems to be having a really big impact in the middle of the park there. She's really developing into that box-to-box threat that we started to see at Gungahlin probably last year. And it looks like, you know, she, she had some ACL troubles a few years ago. They look well and truly behind her now. Um, and, yeah, look, disappointing to be on the outside looking in on goal difference, but I really think, you know, that, that tussle between them, West Canberra and, um, and Gungarland is going to be uh, a real feature with, with Canberra United Academy, not quite comfortable in their, in their third position there. So, yeah, the result's probably as expected, um, but again, uh, much better performance from Olympic, much like the Gunners um, against Belconnen, much better performance for, for them. And I think something really quality for them to build off and, and continue to grow. And Ash, um, and uh, Brittany Palombi as well with that, uh, with that goal means that takes her tally to 15 goals for the season. And Ashley Sykes is in second place on that top goal scorers chart with 12 goals for Canberra Olympics. So it was a battle of the, uh, the top two goal scorers in this one. Uh, before we move on, Maddie, can you just talk a little bit about um, Alice Churchill and her, um, and her uh, impact on this uh, Canberra Croatia side? I know she's been there for a long time and 200 games is a massive achievement. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, longevity is one thing, but you've got to be able to maintain your standards at the same time. And it's not just the standards of her individual play, but it's the standards that she holds the team to as well. She's also one of the smartest footballers I think we've got going around at the moment. And, you know, for, for somebody who plays in effectively a wing-back role, she can have such an influence on, on the way that they play. And you've only got to look back to probably her performance in the grand final last year where she really locked in and, and had Kira Bobbin in her pocket, who was a major threat for Bill Um and, and she can do that. She can eliminate that side of, of, uh, of a team and, and the freedom that she gives Palombi ahead of her is amazing. She's so defensively solid that um, Palombi doesn't really have to worry too much about what's going on behind her because she's got Churchill there and, you know, and she can do it on the other side of the park as well, but to, to watch her sort of, usher in some of the the younger players and, and really get them to embrace the culture of what they're doing and, and what they've always done is is a real testament to her character and and I can only imagine how proud you know Nick Brosnich is to to have a player like that you know from an opposition coach point of view she was uh, a nightmare because trying to find ways around her while nullifying her at the same time was a was a real pain um, but full credit to her and, and and you know she's she's a really good story for for Canberra football in general not just for for Canberra Croatia and you know I certainly hope that she she continues to play for a while but but when she's done I've got no doubt she'll still have a major influence on that club and and what they do in the future so huge congratulations to to Alice. Our last matchup of the round was um, Tuggeron United getting their first uh, points uh, of the season in a 1-1 draw with the uh, Canberra United Academy so McGee was on the score sheet um, for Tuggeranong United in the 76th minute um, and Canberra uh, United Academy equalised uh, six minutes later, in, six minutes later, sorry, in the 82nd minute through Grove. I mean, 
it's a huge result uh, for for Tuggies, uh, obviously as they gain their first points uh, of the, of the season. Um, you know they'll have a little disappointment. Um, I feel obviously um, that they weren't able to hold on to that. It, w- it would have been, you know, um, a fantastic result for them if they were able to just to hold on that little bit longer, just to see the game out to obviously get the three uh, three points. But um, overall, the, there's a lot more uh, positives to take out of that uh, for um, Paulo Romero's girls uh, to, to obviously work on. Um, and on the flip side of that, we've obviously got Canberra United Academy who are now without um, a victory since they actually beat um, Canberra Croatia uh, back in in round eight. Um, so they're in a bit of a form rut uh, at the moment. So it'll be interesting to see in the, in the next couple of weeks uh, or, or so how they're sort of able to turn uh, turn this around uh, and, and put this result uh, behind them. But I mean... Maddie, what did you make of this outcome? Because Tuggerong United have obviously um, struggled to to get points. Um, you know that they, they had gone ten games without getting a single point, and then they they get a point not only you know against um, you know they well sorry they they get a point against a side that's you know in in the top four that 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 are sitting third in this uh, in this competition. Um, vying for a top four uh, final spot. Um, so, I mean, that's just one positive, I guess, to take out of the many that they um, can take out of this game going forward. Obviously, it's a great result uh, for Tuggeranong, uh, isn't it? Yeah, look, there's probably two things that stood out to me immediately. One is, I don't know who the referee was, but he had a great mullet. So, you know, kudos to him. <laughs> that was quality. The other was, I don't think I've been that heartbroken uh, since the Socceroos got knocked out by Iran. The, before the World Cup, like I really, I really felt for Tuggerong in that situation, and yeah. and and full credit to to Paolo Romero. Um, I remember uh, being at the the first game where he was actually coaching. I think he sat on the bench one week and standed, and then Paolo took over and talking to a couple of players, and they seemed really positive, and and you know they were pretty honest, and and he had said to them, "Give me give me four weeks to 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 show you what I got and what I can do," and we're about four weeks down the track, and. They've been gradually getting better and better and to, to pull a 1-1 with the Canberra United Academy who a few weeks ago we were raving about because they'd knocked over Canberra, Croatia. Um, it's just absolutely phenomenal. And it wasn't, um, it was all by design as well. So it wasn't a fluke. They didn't just happen to get a goal. Like it was a well-orchestrated yep. um, goal. And we'd seen that coming in the, in the last couple of weeks. And look, devastation for them and, Sophie Rolf, who she had her time again and probably adjust her, her body shape a little bit, much like the, the Wagga City goalkeeper. But there's nothing but massive positives there for, for Tuggeranong. And I think the last time I was on, boys, I was talking about Tuggeranong winning little moments and, and trying to develop a little bit of momentum. And, and they've done that now and they've had a really big moment. Um, and, you know, the, the big moments probably deflated a little bit because they didn't get the win. But that's such a massive thing to to build off a team that's sitting third, that's knocked off the top of the ladder. You've competed for patches against Belconnen United and against Canberra Olympic. So you're really starting to build. And now you're showing that you can, you can basically go 90 minutes and, and compete with the, with the big kids for lack of a better term. And, and Paolo Romero must just be just beaming this morning about picking up their, their first points. And, and it'd be really interesting to see what happens with them. Um, 
with them next week and and how they develop and grow from there and and the academy are look they're they're hitting that that middle patch of the year that we that we see from academy teams at time where the physicality starts to be a little bit of a bit of an issue for them they've been battered and bruised um you know they're They've had their big win against Canberra Croatia, and it's been a little bit downhill since there and si- since then. And you know, Vicky Linton's a a good coach, but she'll be looking at ways to to freshen up that that squad. And you know, there's some some key players in there. Obviously, Sasha Grove, we know we know all about. But you know, players like Letitia Babich as well, who you know, they need to get going. I think she was one. Of, she was goal scorer against Canberra Croatia and, and Steffi Nikias as well um, in the central defensive area. Um, they're, you know, we've got, got Hunt up front, but they're sort of the key players that they just sort of really need to get ticking over. They're the ones that have started to drift out of games a little bit or have, or have seen reduced minutes. So, you know, we know the academy is about developing for the future and, and how you're going to become, a, you know, hopefully a professional footballer, but it's also about learning how to win games and how to battle through those things and um, whether that be physical fatigue or mental fatigue, you know, these kids are at school, they would have had end of semester exams as well. So mentally, they're probably a little bit fried at the same time. Um, so they'll be looking, you know, forward to school holidays, like, like we all did, but but also being able to just concentrate on football and, and hopefully getting back on track um, next week. But yeah, they've got to be a little bit careful with, you know, those three teams that we mentioned earlier, sort of just in and around the bottom of that four um, who could who could potentially, you know, jump up and in three weeks' time, they might find themselves fifth, and uh, that that's a scary, it's a scary route back for them, I think. All right, and let's get into the uh, previews for next week. First up, we've got the big one: first versus second. Both teams are tied at the moment; only goal difference has separated them. Canberra Croatia against Belcon United, Saturday, July third, four fifty p.m. at Deakin Stadium. This is a tough one, especially with especially with the uh, additions of Jaber and how well they played against Belco and how the, well they bounced back against Gungarling United. I'm gonna <laughs> so so tough to call. I'm I'm gonna say Canberra Croatia, just mostly based on their form against Belcon United in the cup and in the league. Obviously they were more convincing victories, but I think it's going to be a closer one this time. I think Canberra Croatia are just going to take this one. Very hard to choose though. Uh, This is obviously the toughest game to pick. Uh, Matty? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm trying to think of putting, how how do I put caveats on my tip, you know, just in case X happens or Y happens. Um, Look, I think, if, if J-Bar has a good week on the training track, she's got to start. I think there's no doubt about that. Um, and I think for me, the goalkeeping situation at Belconnen is the key one. I think if Karen Clark, if Esposito's back in goals and Karen Clark can start at centre-back with Sarah Johnson, I reckon Belconnen get a draw. I think if Karen Clark's in goal, and this is no offence to Karen Clark, it's just because her presence out on the field, they lose so much. I think if she's in goal, Canberra Croatia sneak a, sneak a win. So that that's my can I can I hedge my bets both ways, boys? Is that, is that all right? Why not? Why not? Yeah, that's all right. We'll allow it. Um, oh, this is tough. Um 
Oh, look, I think for the sake of just, you know, being a little bit different in terms of the predictions, um, I'll, I'll go for a Belcon and United um, away victory. I think, I think what, like we've discussed, there's all these fine margins that could go into it, that could tilt it, um, you know, one way or the other. Um, but, I mean, you know, I, I think Belcon and United um, coming off that big victory against, uh, you know, Gungal and United will fill them with a lot of confidence. And um, obviously this is a massive fixture uh, as well. Uh, in MPLW. So, I mean, it, it could very easy easily be a Canberra-Croatia win. It could be a draw as well. It could even be a Belcon United win as well. There's just uh, these little fine margins that could easily tilt it towards those three uh, results. So I'm just going to go with a Belcon United win. And uh, that uh, choice from you isn't for the sake of being different because Jeremy has gone for a Belcon victory as well. So there we go. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Next up, we have Canberra Olympic against Wagga City Wanderers, Sunday, July 4th, 2.30 p.m. at O'Connor Enclosed. I think after the last two matches um, Canberra Olympic have had against, you know, the top two teams, they've they've proved how much they've, you know, come together as a team, the way they've gelled. I'm going to go for Canberra Olympic uh, victory. And like you mentioned, for Wagga City Wanderers, just going to take them a couple of weeks to um, get all those new players gelled in. But... I don't think I don't think this is going to be a blowout by any stretch of the imagination because uh, Wagga City Wanderers have shown how much you know how well they've how far they've come along defensively. Uh, how about you, Michael? Uh, I, I, I agree with you, Matt. I'm going to go for a Canberra Olympic uh, victory uh, at, at home. All right, Matty. Yeah, make it three from three for Olympic okay. for me. You know, Wagga all they'll they'll put in a good effort. I just yeah. think the uh, the front. The front four of, of Olympic will just just be too much in, in the end. All right. Next up, we have Gungalan United against Canberra United Academy Sunday, July 4th, 3 p.m. at Gungalan Enclosed. Now, if this was a couple of weeks back, I would say, geez, this is um oh, I probably would have said Canberra United Academy because Gungalan United, um, Michelle Hamer wasn't playing yet, and they just the form just wasn't going their way. A lot of results weren't going their way, a lot of the momentum wasn't going their way. Uh, but despite the loss, they showed how much they've come together as a team. They've they noticed they're in a slump. They changed uh, uh, they changed things. They changed their way defensively, and they've come a long way. Uh, like I said, I know they didn't get the win on the weekend, but you know it was fine margins in the end. And uh, Michaela Thornton scored like the last couple of minutes of the matchup. I'm gonna go with the, I'm gonna go with a Gungahlin United uh, victory in this one. Uh, you, Matty? Yeah, I think Gungarland will, will pick up the points here. I think the academy just in a little bit of a uh, a bit of a slump, but but also this is a, this is a must win for Gungarland if they're going to yep. make the top four. They need to take points off off these kind of guys. And yeah, Heyman was super effective. Interesting for me, like personally, whether Steffi Legends comes back into the starting lineup at all. She she sat on the bench and was quite a quite effective when she came in on in the middle of the park, but. I think, uh, yeah, being at, being in Gungan with Heyman a bit more room to move and, and a tool of a bit more freedom, I, I think just going to be a little bit too too strong for the academy on this occasion. Michael? Yeah, uh, I'm in agreement with all of you. I'm going to go for a Gungan United win. I think, you know, especially with Michelle uh, Heyman in, in the side now, obviously getting that brace uh, as well against Belconnen. Um, I mean, she's only just going to continue to, you know, 
play better and better as as her time uh, goes on. Um, and especially now that they're in the position where they need to, um, you know, pick up points uh, in order to get into the top four, there's a bit of pressure uh, on that Gungahlin team, but it's pressure that Michelle Heyman, you know, is used to, obviously, you know, during her time playing in the, in the W League. Um, so she knows all about pressure and she knows uh, how, how to step up. And, you know, even though they weren't able to get the win um, last week, you know, she... she um, put in a big uh, contribution by getting that double um, and, and her performances will only sort of elevate uh, fr- from that. So I expect her impact uh, to be even greater as Gungahlin are in this phase now where they need to pick up points and actually start getting themselves in that conversation uh, for the top four. And Jeremy says Gungahlin and for the previous matchup, he said Olympic. And our final matchup of the round, we've got Tuggeron United against West Canberra Wanderers Sunday, July 4th, 3.10 p.m., at Canberra 201. I'm going to go for a draw with this one. I think the momentum of Tuggeron United will will uh, swing their, will, sw- will uh, reap their rewards. Um, how about you, uh, Michael? It's tough. Um, I kind of don't want to be a damper um, considering Tuggeron got their first points, um, you know, this, this past weekend, but uh, I'm going to go for West Canberra. Um, in this in this one, how about you, Matty? Well, Michael can be the dampener, and I'll I'll lift the spirits. I actually think Tuggeron is going to sneak a win this week. I think you know West Canberra had their kind of consolidated. You know, that's all you know. Take on the world, and they got the win against Wagga, and and they weren't as convincing as they probably should have been. And I think Tuggeron will, will ride this wave of momentum, especially at home where they've had their most competitive aspects and. I think uh, Paola Romero and the and the ladies will, will get their first W this this week. And Jeremy's uh, agree with you there. He also thinks Tyrone United will get a victory. All right, lads, that's us wrapped, uh, done and wrapped for MPLW. Matty, thank you very much for joining me as always. And I'll uh, see you around the grounds of commentary, Matt. Cheers. Thanks for having me, boys. Matty. Thank you. Hello, everybody. Back again for MPL2. And geez, things are starting to heat up now. Uh, let's start with our first match, Michael. We've got Wagga City Wanderers uh, 2, Western Malonglo 5, Delali Boyle, McLaughlin with the goals, and then Freeman with two own goals for uh, against uh, Wagga City Wanderers. Like I said, uh, um, Wagga City actually had a, quite a bit of pressure in this matchup despite the score, but it was all Western in terms of the scoreboard. Like I mentioned, Jordy Freeman, unfortunately for him, scoring two own goals. And oh, that was just at half time. So both of those teams actually went into the second half level 2 2 due to those own goals. Oh. Um, like I mentioned, uh, Wagga City Wanderers, though, forced themselves into the matchup with the pressure. Um, uh, of those two own goals. Josh Wade, uh, the keeper of Western Malonglo, made some really good saves. So Wagga did push forward uh, in the matchup. And we've seen uh, their sort of turnaround uh, recently. Um, this loss, though, consigns, uh, consigns them to be in seventh place now. Uh, and the Wanderers sort of will be hoping that the Brindies and the Western replay uh, between them sort of either, you know, ends in a draw or ends with the Brindies winning so they can sort of take advantage and uh, try and work their way up the table in terms of a Wagga City Wanderers perspective. Um, only time will tell with that. And But for Western Malonglo, they came into this match with only um, 10 
fit regular first grade players. Uh, their entire bench were the 23s players who all played uh, 90 minutes in their win against Wagga City Wanderers just before that matchup. So unfortunately for us, the Malongolo injuries are still lingering over the side. Uh, their second half performance was the real um, uh, key for them, putting three in the back of the net and making it 5-2. This consigns them, uh, sorry, this takes them off the top, uh, off the uh, second last position in the ladder, and it puts them into sixth place with seven points, one point above uh, Wagga City Wanderers. Uh, the real question is, Michael, can this be a catapult for Western Malongolo heading into the uh, next few rounds? Oh, you would you would hope so. Um, I think I think especially uh, getting the victory in the way that they did, considering you know you mentioned that they only had ten first grade players that were fit and the rest of, of the squad was made up by uh, 23s that had played, you know, 90 minutes. So they were already fatigued and knackered and had to back up and play another, you know, contribution uh, of the of the um, MPL2 match. So, I mean, it's a massive um, kudos to Western Malonglo and the effort that they put forward with the sort of surplus in, you know, uh, the availability of players uh, that, that they had on the day. But I mean, to to go away from home and put that sort of effort in with, you know, w- with a lessened uh, squad yep. um, is a huge um, result for them. And hopefully it gives them a bit of confidence uh, going forward. Uh, you know, you, you mentioned that they move up uh, to sixth in the table uh, as well. So that's going to just give them, give them uh, added confidence on from what I just said as well. So, and from what you said, obviously, um, so hopefully it can be um, something that really sparks uh, their, their season. I mean, obviously they'd want to get those uh, players back uh, fit and ready as soon as possible because we know how long a season uh, can be. And I mean, if you're playing with 10 fit first grade players uh, week in, week out, and you're still trying to figure out your injury situation or you're still waiting for players to come back, that's going to be prom- problematic uh, down the line, especially when you're looking to, get into the top four as well. So, I mean, uh, we'll just have to wait and see, but I think this will definitely give them a lot of confidence uh, going forward and hopefully they can put a few more uh, results together. So our next matchup uh, was O'Connor Knights uh, getting a big win uh, against the Brindabella Blues, 1-0 with uh, Zygmunt or Zygmunt. Zygmunt, yep. Um, I, don't, I don't know if that's right, but Zygmunt, yeah, we'll go... We'll go with that. Um, very close matchup, obviously, at Melrose uh, Synthetic. You know, uh, the, the Blues definitely gave the Knights one hell of a fight uh, in, in that game. Uh, definitely made it difficult for them. Um, you know, the, the Brindies even came close to snatching a point at the end of the match, uh, but Zach Lawrence's uh, penalty uh, was saved by Jack Miller uh, to keep them level uh, with ANU at the top of the table. So just proved how important that save was. Uh, once again, Brindabella just fall, fall short of a, of a result, uh, but they put another good performance in. It's sort of been the tale of their story, hasn't it? Um, uh, you know, they're playing good, but they're not necessarily um, getting the results to mirror that. Um, so they'll be hoping their second half display against Western Malongolo will give uh, them the, the boost that they need. Uh, O'Connor will be glad to take the three points because obviously it means that they're top of the table uh, with ANU as the uh, race for first place uh, is lock and lock between uh, those two outfits, which means uh, their encounter will be interesting in a couple of weeks' time uh, because then we'll get to really see who is going to take that 
slight uh, edge in first place. Uh, but Zygmunt's uh, header off, off um, Josip Yadrich's shot clinched the victory with 10 minutes to go for O'Connor. So that just speaks to the volume of how important that was uh, for them to get the three points and to stay level with ANU in the table. I'm just looking at the table now, and if mm. Brindabella get their if Brindabella get their victory in the second half, they still need to play against Western Malonglo. They will go seventh place, and they will no longer yep. be last because they'll be tied on points of Wagga City Wanderers, but their goal difference will be better. So yep. there's still positives for West uh, for all the Brindies moving forward. We've mentioned on the show in the past, unfortunately for them, this transfer window has not been kind to them, as their team has sort of been. Um, depleted a little bit. Uh, both the Missiches left to O'Connor Knights and of course Curtis Schaefer uh, going to Belconnen United. So, and there's a few other players as well. So uh, unfortunately for the Brindies, it's just not working out at the moment. But like I said, if they can win that uh, uh, catch up second half and go three points up, maybe that might be the catapult for them to uh, end the season on a better note than they started the season. And, and I'm only saying that in terms of results, as we mentioned, some of their performances have been really, really good throughout the season. In terms of O'Connor Knights, it's an important one, Michael, because uh, you mentioned it there. It's going to make their encounter against ANU even more enticing if they stay both stay level at the moment as they are. And I'm just looking at the goal difference now. ANU is on top by two, uh, two a better goal difference. So they have a plus 19 goal difference. O'Connor Knights have a plus 17 goal difference. So the it is so close between them at the moment. It's it's I'm, I'm really looking forward to that match when they uh, when they play each other next. And our last matchup of the round, because the matchup between Queen City and White Eagles was postponed, I'm assuming they weren't able to find a venue uh, to play this one uh, due to the matches yeah, being washed out on the weekend. So the last matchup is ANUFC with Ellis and O'Brien scoring the goals. Ellis's goal was a penalty. Uh, so it was 2-0 over Ugali. ANU, like I mentioned, will be very happy with this performance because... This win puts them, uh, keeps them in line with uh, O'Connor Knights, and they went two 0 up early, so they were in control of the match uh, by half time, which is always uh, an important one, especially against a tough uh, Ugali side, who themselves aren't far off the top four as well. So, and, and more importantly, getting those two goals on the board really helped their goal difference, like I mentioned, uh, against uh, O'Connor Knights. Ugali, though, uh, with his loss, missed the chance to crack into the top four because if they won this one, they would have been above. Uh, they would have been above White Eagles. Uh, however, they do face the White Eagles this weekend at home. So, if they can get that victory, they will be above them uh, against um, this weekend. So, that one is going to be a very interesting one. But in terms of ANU, very impressive first half performance, and especially to put them up. Uh, any thoughts on this one, Michael? Before we move into the predictions for next week. Yeah, I think it's important that, you know, you raised that it was another strong defensive performance from ANU because, I mean, like O'Connor Knights, those two teams have just been fortresses in the defence uh, this year. I mean, I'm having a look at the league uh, table now to sort of resonate uh, that fact in terms of, you know, ANU and O'Connor, they've only, ANU's only conceded eight goals in 11 games this season and and O'Connor's only conceded six. So that just speaks to how defensively resilient um, ANU have been all season long. And I think that's something that we've mentioned a fair 
bit over the course, you know, um, in previous shows and, and, and today is that they're such a hard team to break down. And then they obviously have the talent up front to get you a couple of goals as well. So they're, they're a very hard opposition to, to get by. Uh, they set up with a very um, strong defensive uh, structure uh, and, and that turns the, um, that allows them to then, you know, push forward and, and get those uh, and get those goals and, and keep piling up those victories that they're able to get uh, all season. Uh, so, I mean, I know that Devin and O'Connor are locked at the moment in, in terms of points at the top of the at the top of the uh, table. Um, but ANU, um, I mean, it, I think it's important to to raise that they're how defensively sound they are. Um, and and solid is why they're in the position that they're in now because they've got a great playing group. Um, they know how to score goals. They're defensively excellent. So, I mean, I just expect this form to continue all season long. And it seems as though that ANU and O'Connor are sort of breaking away slightly from, you know, uh, Queanbeyan and, def- and from what it looks like, White Eagles um, for sure. Um, but anything can change in the next sort of 10 matches. You, you never know, but it just looks like ANU and O'Connor have really found a formula at the moment. And it looks like, like you said, in a couple of weeks' time, especially when that fixture goes down, it's really who is the top dogs uh, in, in this competition. In, indeed. And let's not forget, whoever's the top dog is the team that gets promoted, not the team that wins the final. So that is always the, oh, that is the most lucrative bonus that you can get in MPL too. All right. Uh, what are the matches this weekend, Michael? Yeah, so we've got Wagga City Wanderers up against uh, Queen Bin City uh, this Saturday, uh, 2.15 at Gissing Oval over there in Wagga. I'm going to go for a Queen Bin uh, City victory uh, in this one. I know they didn't play uh, this week due to the um, not being able to find a venue, given that most ACT grounds were uh, closed off due to the weather. Uh, but I expect Queen Bin City to come back just with the attacking firepower that, that, that we have. And, you know, I mentioned that the how solid defensively ANU and O'Connor are. But when you look at the goals scored in this MPL2 season, uh, Queen Bin City is the only team in the 30s. Uh, they've got 35 goals. So that's, you know, a, a huge uh, feat. And that's, um, you know... Uh, ANU has the second highest um, with, with, with 27. So, you know, but that's eight goals um, shy of Queanbeyan's 35. But we've always harped on about how, how talented Queanbeyan are um, going forward because uh, they can just score goals in abundance. They do it better than anyone in this MPL2 uh, competition. So I expect them to get the win. What about you? Yeah, I'm going to go with the Queanbeyan victory here. It's unfortunate for us in Malonglo that they're... Um that their victory that that boosts them up is uh, followed up by Queanbeyan City, who on their day can be the most lethal team in the league, like you mentioned, with all those goals that they scored. So, and maybe the week off might have helped Queanbeyan, you know, just reset the batteries and uh, yeah. boom, ready to go. Next up, we have Western Malongolo against O'Connor Knights, Saturday, uh, July 3rd, 2.15 at Woden Park Enclosed. Uh, I'm going to go with O'Connor Knights uh, in this one, Matt. Um, I, I just see them taking the three points um, in preparation for that big clash with ANU in a couple of weeks' time. So I just expect them to continue the momentum heading into that clash. 
Yeah, my apologies. I realized I just said uh, Western Molonglo instead of Wagga City Wanderers for the previous matchup. Uh, my bad uh, when I made my explanation. Oh, there. Yeah. So exactly what I said about um, Western Molonglo, but replace that with O'Connor Knights and not the um, and not the uh, the rest anyway. So yeah, I'm going to go with O'Connor Knights uh, victory uh, for this one. Uh, and now we've got uh, ANU up against Brindabella. Uh, Saturday, 3rd of July, 3.15 at ANU South Oval. Um, like O'Connor Knights, I just expect ANU uh, to, to get the victory in this one. But you can expect another resilient performance from Brindabella because it's what they've managed to muster up against these uh, teams in the higher um, positions in the table. So uh, I'm still going to go for an ANU victory, though. Yeah, I'm going to go with an ANU victory for this one. But Brinda Bella, uh, I remember this match. I went to this match previously and there was a decent amount of animosity at this one. There was a few calls mm. that didn't go Brinda Bella's way and uh, they'll be raring to go um, in their match against ANU uh, for that for that matchup, as they always are. But this one specifically, considering what happened last time, I think they'll be raring to go. But I think ANU will just have a little too much for them. And lastly, we have Yulgali against Canberra White Eagles, Saturday, July 3rd, 4 p.m. at Solomad Stadium. I'm going to go for a Yulgali uh, victory uh, in this one, Matt. I know that they sort of struggled at the start of the season, but they've managed to really pick things up um, as the season has developed um, in terms of, you know, the, it seems as though that they've found a, a good formula within the team and they're slowly um, working their way uh, up the table that uh, they're just sitting um, outside the top four. Uh, they're one point behind uh, White Eagles, who are on 16 points, and Ugali's on 15. Uh, but obviously, because White Eagles didn't play that game against Queanbeyan uh, this past weekend, uh, White Eagles still have that game in hand. Um, but they're only a point of he- ahead of uh, Ugali. So Ugali are just on the cusp there of uh, getting into the top four. So... Um, I'm going to go for uh, Ugali in this one. This one always seems to have a lot of goals and it's always an exciting um, affair. Uh, the Like I keep mentioning, the match last year at Solomad Stadium was 6-4 to Ugali. So it's going to be a very entertaining one. Both sides know how to attack. And Ugali do have one of the top goal scorers of the moment, uh, which is uh, Danny Roach with 10 goals. And also ANU is the other one with Sam Carter's also on 10 goals. So this is going to be a very interesting one. I'm going to say uh, a Ugali victory uh, with a lot of goals in this one. All right. That's us uh, wrapped for episode 34. Michael, um, great to be back talking football uh, with you as always. And any last words before we head off? Yeah, just um, I know that um, I've been in and out sort of the last few weeks. I just, you know, it, it was quite frustrating just getting sick and then I'd get better again and then I'd get sick again. And then obviously I was away this past week. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm definitely um, happy to be back and uh, getting back into this. Uh, so obviously a lot of action like there is um, at that weekend point uh, where there's football matches on. So we'll have plenty to dissect uh, next Monday. We certainly will. All right. Thank you very much, everybody. Enjoy the football and enjoy the knockout stages of the Euros as well. That is also hot up. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye.